Appreciate Brother Eddie. Yes. Yes. And you got a great pastor here, yes. Yes. great friend of mine. I appreciate him a whole lot. And uh, appreciate Brother Lamar. Man, last night was just wonderful. And I appreciate God using him to, to speak to me and to help me. Amen. I, I'm not selfish. I know that the Lord sent him here to speak to all of us. But I, when I come, I'm looking for me. I'm not looking around at somebody else. I'm looking to what the Lord wants to help me with because uh, I'm, I'm in that place, you know, where uh, I can hear and I can apply because it's, it's my job or my opportunity as such to do. And I thank God for the message last night and every message and what we've been able to experience around the altars here uh, this week. It's been great, man. I'm, I'm just so thankful to be a part and, uh, and just be in the altars and love the Lord. Amen? Praise God. Got a lot of needs. I know in my church I've got people that have issues and needs that they have that's going on here and and then uh, you know uh, things that happen that cause us heartache and grief and and uh, concern and with that's all around us but if we could this morning I pray that the Lord would just help us to put those things aside for a little bit and maybe help us to uh, you know enjoy what God has got for us as, as men and women of God and we we just pray he can move around the altars and, and touch your life. Amen. I'm going to read this morning from Luke chapter 19. And uh, just one verse here this morning. And I pray that the Lord will help us because I certainly need his help. And uh, I sure am going to do my best to, you know, put the devil on the run and not let him have a sleeping bag or any kind of stuff in my, in my area. I'm going to put him out. Not this time, devil. Amen. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 19 and verse number 37. Amen. The Bible says this is when Jesus is making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. When he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. I'm going to title the message this morning, Let's Get After It, or Let's Get On With It. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for the word of God. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Father, here today I have no ability other than what your ability will grant me. I pray, God, that you would just help us for a few moments. Thank you for the songs that have been sang here. Appreciate the Nesbitt family, God, and their anointing. And thank you, God, for everything that's already been done. But I pray now, God, that you would give us the strength that we need to be able to honor your word. And, God, that you touch the lives of this people, God, that have come together on this Thursday morning at the camp meeting, God. We just pray that your blessings would fall out on each of us, God, and that you may encourage us in every way because we realize that your coming is very near and, God, we must do everything that we can to be able to be a light to those that do not know who you are. And I pray today, God, that you would help us in every way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the house this morning. Amen. 
As you, as you read this verse, I want to pay particular attention to the latter part of what the verse of Scripture says here. It says, they begin to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all of the mighty works that they had seen. The thought of those that would say that I'm just really too conservative to get a little loud in church and, you know, maybe that some would deem that as being out of order in the times that, you know, we currently live in, I think that they might have lost sight of what Jesus has done for them in their life. Either it is that they don't really know what it means to be born again, to experience what that, what that particular phrase means, uh, amen, because a lot of times what we have defined being a Christian is whether or not somebody tells you you're saved or whether you go some through some kind of rituals about being saved and all of these type things, you know, handshake religion, all of these of a name on a roll and particular words that are being spoken after they're told to you and you repeat those words as such. Uh, amen. To me, uh, probably has a little less meaning than what I know born again is all about. You see, there's a change that happens in a man or a woman's soul when they are born again. Brother, let me tell you, when you really know that someone has changed your whole life, there's going to be some things that are going to be pushed forth as emotional that others are going to know that there has been something that has changed in your life. Amen. Maybe it will be that you shed a tear or there's many tears that are shed every now and again, amen, but we should never be in a shortage of being able to say a great, big, loud, thank you, Jesus, because you have saved my soul from a devil's hell. I'm here to tell you today, folks, how in the world could that ever be out of order to be able to stand up and say, thank you, Jesus. You have brought me out of darkness and you put me into the light. How in the world could that be out of order? How in the world could that be something, amen, that we just don't do? You know, we, we were conversating yesterday a little bit about some things that are going on in church around us. You know, the Methodist has got a big old uh, division going on and the United is being taken off of a lot of churches because the United has got some things that, that the Bible just don't agree with, right? So, you know, you, you don't need to go with that. But, you know, there was a terminology that was found uh, you know, years ago in the 19th century about the Methodists, they called them the shouting Methodists. Amen. And a lot of what we are, uh, I'm an assembly of God person, and that doesn't mean anything, but it's just what I've been raised in, and it's a Pentecostal denomination. 
right? And so we, we've been told that our uh, movement is stemmed off of the Methodist church in some ways. And so they called them shouting Methodists. There used to be a church, or there still is a church, that's over close to me, and that church is a Methodist church. And, and my dad said that we'd go over there, and he said, son, he said they'd get to singing over in that church, and Holy Ghost would fall in there. And, amen. They'd be people that would be shouting and running and carrying on in a Methodist church and that you just don't see much of in the hour that we're living in. He said, but I can tell you, son, they had church and over in the Methodist church. And so we've heard the terminology of the shouting Methodist, right? And, amen. And I, I, I begin to look at this. And, and I found a song um, that was written um, around 1809. And the words of it um, says this. Um, the world, um, the devil, um, and Tom Paine have tried their force, um, but all of it um, is in vain. They can't prevail. And the reason is the Lord defends the Methodist. They pray, they sing, they preach the best. And they do the devil the most molest. If Satan had his vicious way, he'd kill and damn them all today. They are despised by Satan's train because they shout and preach so plain. I'm bound to march in endless bliss and I'll die a shouting Methodist. I'm here to tell you today, folks, that we need to get on with it if we are what we say that we are. Amen. Psalms 47. Amen. Reads like this. Clap your hands. All ye people. Shout unto God. With a voice of triumph. Then the fifth verse says. And God is going up. With a shout. Amen. And he says. Amen. The Lord is there with the sound. Of a trumpet. And what's wrong with getting loud in church? What's wrong with telling Jesus loudly how much we love him? How much we care about him? I want you to know, folks, we need to shout and we need to get with it about what we are. Amen then Methodists ain't got nothing on some of us at times. Amen. And it might seem a little funny, but in years past, folks knew what Jesus done for them, and they weren't ashamed to let anybody know about that. Amen. I read a story, and uh, as a preacher gave this story about this young girl, her daddy was a preacher, and this little girl, amen, she got gloriously born again by the hand of God. And she just had this deal going on that she couldn't constrain herself or restrain herself, amen, from shouting praises unto God because she was saved. And she traveled with her daddy to go preach, and he'd go preach, and you know, he'd uh, try to explain to her 
Then whenever he got up to preach, he said, now, little girl, Karen was her name. He said, when we go to some of these churches that we go to, when you, when you, you know, begin to shout, you might intimidate some of them people that's in that church. And, and I need to be able to preach to them without you distracting because of your shouting. Amen. And, and so he tried to, to persuade her and to not shout as much or be as loud and when she traveled with him. And she always wanted to go with her daddy and to the meetings that he went to. Amen. And, and so he, she tried to reform. She tried her best to do what her daddy would want her to do. But he would preach and she would shout. He would reprove her, but she'd still keep on doing what she was doing. And finally her daddy said to himself, I just need to accept the fact that my little girl is not going to reform herself to what I'm trying to tell her. Amen. He was never able to quiet that little girl from her getting with it. Amen. In the church and serving God. And as the years go by, her father got sick. Amen. And he knew it was the time that he was about to leave this world. Amen. It hung over him. This depression. This darkness about having to leave. And after a while, he excused everyone that was around him and his family, his wife, and all the other children. And he brought little Karen in there. And he said, Karen, amen, I've got some things going on around me. And I need for you to pray for me. So she prayed Amen. Long with him until, amen, her soul was filled with joy. Amen. And she began to shout the glories of God. And all of a sudden, the darkness left. And he said, call the family back in. Amen. I'm ready to see all of them. Amen. He had to do this one last thing. Amen. And he said to this girl, he said, Susan or Karen, he said, when I'm leaving, I want you to shout me in to the glory land way. I want to tell you something, folks. Amen. This story goes on to say that all of a sudden, the brightness of light filled the place. And at that moment, he began to leave this world. And the last words he said was, Shout, girl, shout. Shout me in. Let's get on with it, folks. Because that is what we're after. She prayed him through with a shout. Amen. Brother, can I tell you that if that's the kind of religion that people don't want, I want it. I want that kind of religion. Amen. I'm, I've been in Pentecost my whole life. Amen. And I don't want to be in anything different. Amen. I'm not being disrespectful, but I ain't no Methodist and I ain't no Baptist. Amen. I'm a Pentecostal. 
Amen. And I want that kind of religion that that girl had. Amen. A religion that you can feel when it wraps itself around you. Amen. I believe in an emotional religion. Amen. Now we, what we have is we have so many people that have tried to water this thing down about emotion that we don't have any kind of emotion. Amen. Now we got to be solid. Amen. And what we believe is I was preaching yesterday about being delusional. We've got to be solid in the truth. Amen. But we don't need to be so, you know, stoic that we just sit there and nothing ever moves our life. Right? Amen. There's got to be truth there. And, and, you know, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a time for everything. There's going to be some times, amen, that we, we're not going to be able to do the things that maybe would be conducive in certain situations. But, brother, every time I think about being saved, every time I think about being born again, amen, there's a tear comes down my face of, as I thank God that, that I'm not what I was. Amen. But all of a sudden, I think about what I'm going to be. Amen. And whenever I get to that point, I'm here to tell you folks, the tears quit flowing. All of a sudden, there's something that comes upon me and says, Amen. Thank you, Lord, with a loud voice. And sometimes there's some other emotions that get a hold of you as well to cause you to do some things you never thought you'd do. Right? So I believe in emotional religion. I believe, amen, that we uh, ought to get with it. Amen. That's, a, that's important. Some would say that they don't believe in noisy religion. Some would tell you that. Amen. Do you believe in the Bible? When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, there was a shout. Right? There was a group of people that proclaimed loudly that Jesus was born. When Pentecost came, amen, there was a loud noise, amen, that come to that upper room and it spilled out into the streets and they were wondering, what in the world is going on here, amen? There was those saints that when they were leaving this world, they left, I believe, amen, with a loud voice that said, get me out of here. Do you think the Apostle Paul, amen, Brother Lamar, was going to the chopping block and all despondent, all down and out, amen? The history tells us that that man of God ran to the chopping block. You know why he could do that? You know why he could skip like he was skipping rope? to the chopping block he'd already seen what it was going to be like when he got over there I want to tell you something folks this old world ain't good but the world we're going to is the best that could ever be I can't even describe it I can read about it in the Bible but my mind is so finite there's no way I can define what it is but one of these days brother when God says it's time to meet you to meet him I don't want to have my life in despondency about staying here I want to be like Paul and if we just sit here 
going to be tough. Amen. But Paul, I believe, was all excited about running that chop block. Amen. He had already seen what it was all about. And he shouted because he was encompassed with the fact that I'm fixing to get with Jesus, the one that I'd already seen. If you... How many of y'all plan on making it to heaven? All right. Well, guess what? If you plan on making it to heaven, it's going to be a noisy place. It ain't going to be a place where there is a lot of quietness. Amen. The Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout. With a shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. I always like the last part of that. He said, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, I'm comforted in knowing, amen, that everything ain't going to be just quiet. There's going to be a lot of noise there. Amen. That won't be a quiet ceremony whenever we leave this world. Amen. And that, my friend, is going to be a heaven camp meeting like we ain't never seen. Man, it was good here last night. My friend over here, was he was he was hooked in to that anointing, wasn't he? Man, I, I was standing over here. I was thinking, whoa, we're fixing to get raptured out of here. Amen. It was there when y'all were singing. Amen. I can tell the Spirit of God that was in this house. But you know what, Brother Eddie? One of these days we're going to be at the apex of maybe in a camp meeting. Maybe it's in the singing. Maybe when somebody's preaching like Brother Lamar was last night. And all of a sudden there's going to be a shout of the voice of the archangel. And the Lord God is going to pull us out of here. I want to tell you what, folks. Let's get with it. Let's get on that side. Let's be already worshiping. Let's have God. Amen. Ready to take us and let us be ready as well. Emotional. Is it all right to be emotional? I think it is. People get emotional over stuff that don't matter. I mean, all of them side themselves with stuff that don't count. Born again is something to shout about. Reaction and emotion are all part of the Bible accounts of salvation, of living for God. Amen. No one scripturally can argue that. Amen. The Bible says in Leviticus 9 and 24, there came a fire out from the Lord, consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when the people saw, guess what they did? They shouted. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Thank you, Lord. Shout! <laughs> they fell on our faces. Amen. If we can get the fire of God... Like, man, like you was preaching that last night about how, that, how the Holy Ghost comes. Man, I have seen so much garbage 
that's been propagated in our in our our own churches. Amen. About who the Holy Ghost is and how He operates. Amen. And uh, years ago, this is the way I came up, man. Had the Holy Ghost, you had to you had to have a live a good life, man. You had to those things that you, that was portrayed about you. That, that's not seen in the hours with which we live. Amen. And I'm not trying to be judgmental in any way, but I want to tell you something, folks. God's a good God, but whenever he baptizes you as such, there's things that God's going to change in your life. If, 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 if you're going to keep him. He says a whole lot of people that get baptized, they get them tongues. And I don't doubt that God really did a work in their life, but they put that fire out. And they let that stuff remain that don't need to remain there. Amen. And in my lifetime, my old pastor, he, you know, he'd tell us that we needed to do the things that would not be conducive to what the world is, but what God would have from us. Amen. And so all of that type of stuff, of, amen, that fire coming down, the burning out of the dross and the things of such and that we have to deal with. And if we get the fire of God in our services and like it should be, and there's things that get burnt out and, and then we're able to shout. We're able to get with it. We're able to not be condemned by what we've done or shouldn't be doing. But God spoke to us and God burned us. And when God burned it out, we're able to lift our hands and shout hallelujah. I've overcome something that only God can help me to overcome. When the walls of Jericho fell, they shouted. Amen. God spoke to Joshua. He said, this is how you're going to do it. Amen. You're going to get the, the priests. They're going to, you know, carry the ark. The men, there's going to be, the war's going to be in the front. The people's going to be in the back. There's going to be the trumpets as well. And you're going to walk around six times, six days, one time, and don't say nothing. Right? But on the seventh day, you're going to come past the city six times. And on the seventh time, you're going to blow the trumpets. And then you're going to have to shout. I wonder, I wonder if we had just become so much of a wooden Indian that whenever there's things that are going on where God could break the walls down in our life and do some things that needs to be done in our life, amen, that we've just sit there with our mouth shut instead of saying, oh God. Get the wall down. I've got to get this thing on the right side. And it ain't going to never happen as long as there's a wall built up. Now we, you sang that song last night about, you know, Nehemiah's wall building up this wall and I ain't coming down. Well, this is a little different here. Amen. It's not that it's, you know, wrong, but what we're saying, but they couldn't plunder Jericho until the walls come down. Amen. And there's some devils that have built things up in our life. And, amen. And the only way that they're ever going to be able to get through and get what needs to be done is those walls have got to be pulled down. Amen. I've got things in my life. 
people in my life that God needs to save. But if I continue to leave a wall up, there ain't no way I can reach in. The Holy Ghost can reach in and get them unless, unless that wall's down. Amen. And so, too many walls are built up. And it may be because you've become just so, so quiet. About you? Well, you know, I used to shout, but it just got too old. I used to tell Brother Allen amen, but he just got to where he tells the same old stuff. And it just doesn't mean the same. You know why? Because there's another block got laid on that wall. And you just keep on building them blocks up. Amen. Until you can't see anything but what you've got going on in the inside. But when God pulls that wall down, brother, there's some things that can be pulled out that needs to be pulled out. That's what the Lord desires. Amen. There come some folks in this hour that need some walls to fall. They need some Jerichos. Amen. In their lives to fall. Maybe, just maybe, if you just said a few more amens when Brother Eddie was preaching, why don't you stood up and said hallelujah, brother? Preach it. What if you got up and said hallelujah and glory to God? You come on, brother. I know that it's tough, but it's right where I need to be living. And preach it to me. Preach it, preach it, preach it. Oh, let's get with it, church. Let's be what we ought to be. There is a difference between racket and praise. All right? Paul had to deal with racket. And he cast the devil out. That's right. So there's a difference. Amen. We've got this thing all figured out with our music, with our programs, and all of our money. But I think what we need is an old-fashioned, let's get with it. Amen. You know what that is? Let's have some shouting time, man. Right. Amen. Let me tell you something, folks. If you can't shout in your private closet, you don't need to shout in the church. Hey, some folks, that's the only place they can shout. Yeah. Amen. Get me them drums going right. Get the roll just right. <laughs> I'm feeling it in my feet. Amen. I'm able to do a little bit of two-step. All right. Amen. But if you get in that closet, that prayer closet of yours and where there ain't nobody else and all of a sudden the power of God comes down in there and you can't do anything. Amen. But just get up and say, Woo! Hey, ain't nobody else here but me and you, God. Oh, you can shout in church, brother, when you get it like that. Have you ever shouted in your closet? Man, I ain't nothing like that one. Because I don't have to worry about if anybody's click, click, and putting me on Facebook. I don't like that. You know why? You shouldn't be doing that. You should be participating. 
Help me preach right here. Oh, yeah. Amen. These, uh, these folks, they sure like to make fun of other folks, right? And that's what happens to us. We get in church and we got somebody that is zero spiritual. It's over there clicking pictures, posting them on social media. When they already get what they need to get. But you know what? If they keep on going to church and you keep on doing what you're supposed to be doing, one of these days, them clicking fingers is going to be leaving that phone in the pew and they're going to be up here. Like this. And just maybe, just maybe, they'll get what they need to get and they won't be doing, amen, the things that they shouldn't be doing in the church house. Oh, let's get with it. Let's get after it. Amen. Oh, God. Some folks, amen, have their ideals about all of this racket. Man, I can't understand what's going on here. But it's praise, amen, that changes all of these things. Amen. We need some folks that have more enthusiasm about God. Amen. That they do anything else. Amen. I was thinking another story I like to read and sometimes I don't even remember where I read stuff has that ever happened to you I'm glad I'm not the only one I just think it's because I'm getting old and I can't remember but I read this story about this missionary and they uh, were itinerating brother Lamar they were in California as they were itinerating and there was a church that they were going to and they were having a series of meetings to raise money for their missionary work. But it wasn't just going in there and showing a picture show and, hey, we need your money. They came in there and they preached and they had revival. Amen. These missionaries did. And God was moving in that community. And so one night, the missionaries was up there and they were about to get ready, you know, to do their part. And they were singing like these these. This, this group here, the Nesbitts, Brother Bobby and Sister Stephanie and, the, and their family would get up and sing before the service and they would, man, the Holy Ghost fell in there. You know? Have y'all you, have you ever been in a church of, amen, it's, it's, it's kind of like this over here. Amen, the church and had the pews straight and it was so small that they made the, the church pews of, to where they had to slide against the wall. So the only way you could get in was coming straight down and going in. And, and if you had to get out, you had to come out this way. That's the way the church was built. But they had a, a little door on the side of, where, the, where the pastor could come in uh, to the pulpit. And it went outside. And so they got to sing and the Holy Ghost fell. And one of the one of the saints in the church and got up. They couldn't go down the aisle. The church was packed. And, amen. And so they couldn't march around like they wanted to necessarily. So they opened up the door over here and the church started filing out in the parking lot. And, amen. They started walking around and coming back up the center aisle and walking around and walking around. And out on the road out there, there's an old drunk. Amen. That saw that going on and he couldn't figure out what was happening. Amen. So he said, You know what? I'm going to get in that line. I'm going to find out what that's going on here. 
And so he gets in the middle of that line. He walks into the church. About that time, the music stopped. Everybody's sitting down. And he's the only one that's standing in the middle of that aisle. And the preacher got up and said, Sir, what are you after here? He said, I don't know. He said, Something got me in that line. He said, I feel something in here. And I don't know what it is. And the pastor said, I can tell you what it is. It's God that wants to save your soul. That man fell on that altar and got saved. You know what happened, folks? They got with it. I said, they got with it. And that's what we've got to do. At the church I pastor right now, this is before we built our new church, we sit right on the railroad track. And man, if you don't know there's a railroad track there and you don't know there's a train going to come by, it can be to your benefit. <laughs> but one Sunday night, we was having church, and the Lord fell in the choir like he did sometimes, you know. And man, we was having church. Almost everybody was shouting. Running. There's a few people that don't. Yeah. Always is. But all of a sudden, man, we had one of them doors up there too. You know, because we turned the church pulpit around toward the road in, toward the highway, instead of where the railroad was at. God got to moving in there. Somebody, it was, man, it was freezing. It was like 20 degrees, and it was in January. And when there's no clouds in the sky, there's stars everywhere, your voice carries a long way in the still of the night. Amen. Man, we run out there on that parking lot. There was people shouting in the parking lot. There was young folks. They get in a huddle. That's what I call it because it looked like a football huddle. There'd be about 10 of them all in a huddle. Man, they'd be praying. Woo! It's praising God. Some of them speaking in tongues. Some of them trying to get the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, it was like a lightning bolt hit right in the middle of that thing. And everybody just fell apart shouting out there in that parking lot, screaming in our little old community. Amen. There's folks in our community that ain't saved. Believe it or not. Hands and yours too. But there was one old guy down the road. Man, he heard all that commotion out there. He said, what in the world is happening? Amen. Now, he didn't get saved. But he come up there and he was trying to find out what in the world is going on. His aunt went to our church. He said, I was laying down in the bed in there. He said, all of a sudden, I heard all of that racket going on. He said, I got up, put my clothes on. He said, I went and seen my aunt. I said, what's happening up here? She said, we just haven't turned. He said, oh, my God. I thought the rapture took place. And here I am left here, something. Amen. Tried to get him saved. He wouldn't get saved. But I'm here to tell you what, folks. You have church like that. People notice. They know that. I said, let's get with it. God didn't call us to be dead. God called us to be alive. And to be alive is to worship 
with everything you've got about what he's done in your life. Oh, Jesus. Help me today. Amen. You and I need to know that revival, camp meeting, is more than education. It's more than that. Amen. We have to have more than just learning. Amen. The foundation of salvation is a revelation. Amen. It is a revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm more than what I was by learning. But I didn't get here by learning. I got here by a revelation. Amen. And whenever he came into my heart, he made me know that he was alive and well and real. And every bit of hell, brother, that's ever come against my life. You know what God's done for me? He's brought me back to that place in that altar where he revealed himself to me. It wasn't all of my learning that's caused me to hang on. It's that revelation that Jesus was alive that's held me this far. Amen. I'm glad for everything that he's taught me, everything that he's showed me. I can't preach this book and be a novice. That's not what God is saying to us. But you can't preach this book unless you have a revelation. You can't speak about what you don't have a passion for. And the passion is that he lives in you. And if he lives in you, you can get with it, brother. You can tell somebody there's a God in heaven that's alive. That he can change you. That he can help you. That he can keep you. That's how you make it. I don't want us to get messed up here. I don't want us to think that we can just shout. You've got to have something to shout about. And I've seen too much of it. And we're not in a time for this. We're in a time for him to be revealed. Amen. I like telling my story, Sister Stephanie. I've told it so much. My church knows it by heart, but I don't care because I like to tell it. Amen. Because it reminds me of what he did for me. Not selfishly, but what he can do for others. Amen. I come in on that Sunday night. I sit about right here where this gentleman's sitting at. We only had about eight pews in our little church. Man, they started singing out of the hymnal because we didn't have no choir like what we come up and get in the choir, right? And so they all went up there. I didn't because I wasn't saved. Amen. But man, they struck that first song off and it was just like something reached down there and got hold of this old boy's heart. And when that happened, I don't even know how in the world I got to the altar. I just took the step out, brother, and all of a sudden I'm there. I'm in the altar. Thankfully, my grandmother was going to church. She had prayed for my dad. He got saved the November before I'd get saved in April of the next year. Amen. But she had prayed for us, shouted for us. Because God told her she was going to have her family. She'd labor in the altar, cry in tears about them not being saved. But then God would say, they're going to be saved. 
There's a time to rejoice, brother. When God talks to you, it may not be today, but it's going to be in the future. So let's get with it. Let's believe God. I'm not sitting here down. I heard the Holy Ghost talk to me last night. Amen. It ain't over with. It's going to be all right. They're going to come this way. So let's get with it, brother. Let's get on the right side. Let's live like we ought to live. Brother Allen, how in the world can you not remember getting up here to the altar? I just remember what happened in the altar. And then it was like three hours later that they, my grandmother said, you not only got saved, son, you got filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, all the same night, God just did the whole package. I got in that car. We started at 6. I got in the car at about 10.30 to quarter 11. We, we had a pen. That was it. Yeah. And I was under it. I don't know how I got there. But I did. And then they got me in the car. Yeah. And I went home, brother. Yeah. It was the best night of my life. Yes. And 40 plus years later, it still is. Yes. Amen. Yeah. And I have shouted a bunch. And I've cried a bunch. In between. Yeah. Amen. But you know, it's almost like it was a miracle right. that you was able to get here That's right. and not really even know about it. Amen. So I got to thinking about that. Amen. You remember whenever Elijah said it was going to rain and uh, it ain't rained in three and a half years, man. It was, it was a dry place. But he said to Ahab, it's going to rain. Bible says he girded up his loins and he read ahead of the horse and the chariot that Ahab. That's the way I see it. Maybe it's, you see it a little different, but I, I see a man that's out running a horse. Is that the way it is, Brother Lamar? Is that the way it happened? Amen. Wonder how he did that. Wonder how that happened. I know how it happened. Happened the same way it did for Philip. Amen. When he was down there with that Ethiopian, amen, they baptized him. Bible says that next thing you know, amen, they'd left Gaza. And there's Philip. He's down there at another city that's 20 miles away, north. Amen. All of a sudden. I don't, I don't know that he knows how he got there. But he got there because the Bible said that he got there. I don't know how I got there. But I can tell you what I do believe. The same Holy Ghost. Amen. That got a hold of Elijah. The same Holy Ghost. That got a hold of Philip. Was the same Holy Ghost. That picked me up. And brought me to that altar. And he's the same Holy Ghost. That everybody else needs. To pull them to a place. For God. To make a life-changing thing in them. Yeah, That's why you don't need to shake my hand. Oh yeah, you're saved and we're going to put your name on the rope. But that night, I didn't have to shake no preacher's hand. Holy Ghost got hold of me. Picked me up. Put me in that altar. Changed my life. Amen. How many of y'all would say, I'm not very emotional, Brother Allen. In fact, I have never shouted in my life. 
Don't raise your hand because one of these days, if you stay in here, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, brother. Especially if you get the kind of religion I believe the Bible says we all ought to have. Amen. Years ago, I got to quit. I know. Amen. But years ago, Brother Lamar, after we got in church, there was a lady, her name was Sister Marion Berry. And our church had grown to be a large church at that time. It was in the early 80s. And uh, Sunday nights was testimony night. Brother, do you, you ever have testimonies? How hard is it to get people to testify? I'm talking to some of you. Man, that we'd have testimony service. I could tell you, my dad, he's going to get up. He's going to testify. And I'm glad he is. Because it just, just buries things in my memory. And that one day, I'll look back there if Jesus leaves me here. And I'll see where he sat at. And I'll see where he stood up and testified. And I'll see and remember every time that he got up. But I remember this, this elderly saint. We'd have testimony service, Brother Lamar. And she'd get up. She'd sit in the same place over on the far side of the church. And Brother Norman would get up and he'd say, let's have a few testimonies. Amen. That woman would get up. Do you know that she had a husband that hated God? As a matter of fact, he used to treat her real bad and tried to keep her from coming to church, but she'd come anyway. He ended up dying. Amen. And another man in the church, his wife died and they ended up marrying you know, and they served the Lord together. But you know, as, as, as she'd get up and testify, amen, when she was living with that devil, she'd get up there and she'd say, I just want to say how much I love the Lord, how much I thank Him for saving me, how much... people, Brother Bobby, look at her like, there goes that old nut again. Amen. But I can tell you one thing, folks. If you knew what her story was, you know what she was doing? She was getting with it. You know what she was getting with? She was getting with the fact that this is the only place I can stomp on the devil's head and get my victory that I need. You know what? Every now and then it'd be alright. If you're down and out and the devil's up on top of your head, it'd be alright. Just to walk a little bit on top of him. I said it'll be alright if you just get with it. Stand with me this morning. Come on, brother and sister. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah. I got a lot more I could tell you here about this, but I'm going to tell you one more story while they're coming. Amen. I come up in old time, I believe, Pentecost and Pentecostal ways. And some of them things have stuck with me. Amen. I believe in praying. You can't do nothing without, if you ain't got no prayer life, brother, you can't say nothing for God. Amen. And so, 
Praying through. Yeah. It was always something that was taught to us. Yeah. Need to stay in here. Yeah. Need to pray through it. Yeah. Right? right. And in my reading, brother, I read about this woman who was a church of God in Christ, pastor's wife. And uh, they were in a successful church. Church was booming, man. Everything was going great. And God spoke to the husband. He said, I need you to move. I need you to leave this church. Where are you going to put me at? He's taking him to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in one of the most poorest areas to start a church in a storefront. Man, I'll tell you what, brother, it had to be tough to do leaving a thriving church. But it's what Philip did. He left Holy Ghost Revival to go talk to one man because God told him to. Amen. So this lady and her husband tracked off to the storefront when they made their first service. It was just them two in the service. That's it. Man, it looks like a barren spot, right? But you know what that lady did? She made a vow to God. She said, Lord, I will come here and pray at 4 o'clock in the morning every single day except for on Sunday when we're going to have church if you'll grant us souls. I want you to understand what she said. Vow. That wasn't just some, you know, fly by night deal. Hey, hey, Lord, if you'll just give us revival, this is what I'll do. And then forget about it. That's not what happened. In fact, the day that she gave her vow, she wrote it down in her Bible and stuck it in there. When she made the vow, it was a three-year vow, if I remember it right. So she began to pray. All of a sudden, people started coming into the church. Before long, Brother Lamar, the whole storefront was full and they had to seek for another building before the three years was up. So they found another building and she kept on praying. Her husband was so worried about the area in which they were having church that he didn't want her to go and pray. She said, but I made a vow to God and I'm going to keep my vow. <laughs> you see, our best means that sometimes can, you know, you shouldn't be doing this because I can see, I can see this is dangerous and this is not what you really should be doing. But if God's in it, if God's in it, amen. And so as time went on, they swapped from the storefront, they stopped, swapped to another bigger building and it packed out, brother. She got up on a Monday when she had made that vow three years before. And the Holy Ghost spoke to her when she got to the church door about to open it and said, go home. Go home. And she said, Lord, I want to go pray. I mean, she doesn't got into this where, you know, it was just me and God's going to have our time here. But the Lord said, the Holy Ghost said, go home. And so she's tracked off home. And all the way, the Spirit of the Lord was so on, she said, the Lord's fixing to take me out of here. He's fixing to, he's fixing to take my life. And he said, I had, she said, I hadn't been able to talk to my husband, my family. Lord, please don't take me before I can at least speak to them. Right? Got to her house, put her hand on the door. Spirit of the Lord said, now, I need you to go down to the basement. She goes to the door of the basement. Reluctantly, she's trying not to go down there because she thinks she's fixing to die, is what she thinks. But all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to her and said, you've been faithful. All of this time. And now, I'm fixing to bless you. I'm fixing to bless you. 
Amen. Uh, she went down that stairwell. All of a sudden, when she got to the bottom, she said it was like a big old bright light met her down at the bottom of that stairwell. She bought a brand new pair of shoes. Uh, amen. That had to. Just a, you know, wear on them whatsoever. The Spirit of the Lord got a hold of that woman and she shouted all over that basement and, amen, wore the pumps all the way down to, to the bottom of them, shouted all over that place. And you know what happened? She got with it. Amen. I can tell you one thing, folks. Amen. You may be down and out and you may say, I can't shout, but there's something about God that can bring you to a place if you'll pray through that just maybe He can break that mold that you've got yourself into. I want you to know God is still the same as He always was. But God is all about changing men and women to be more and more and more like Him. Him. He didn't ask me to be me. He asked me to be like Him. And there's our problem. If we'll just pray through and get with it. Let's come around the altar here tonight or this morning if we could. Man, I love you. I appreciate this church. It's so easy.